SFL Nation, and welcome back to SFL Nights with AJ Stryker. Thank you so much for joining me today or tonight or whenever you decide to hit that play button or turn on that radio dial. I really do appreciate it, y'all. Man, we had a lot of great games that happened on Sunday and actually on Friday on the night, too. Great games. I'm going to actually go over all of them with you. Wildcard games were full of drama and emotion. I mean, you had teams that thought they were going to win it all and then just snatched from them to teams that just lost, you know, if they only had a few more seconds, then they may have made a difference. So I'm going to be happy to go over all of that with you too. But I have that going on. Actually, my podcast is going to be structured a little bit differently this week since um, the SFL regular season is over with. I'm going to be doing just wildcard games, and um, I'm going to be doing our SFL and Week 1 review, which is our minor leagues. Fantastic games to watch as well. And then I'm going to be doing my fourth and goal interview, which is actually most of the episode. And that features Mr. Charles Doherty, Wally Herman, and Max Paul. Oh my gosh, phenomenal owners. And they were actually a part of the Lone Star and Florida game. So it's interesting to get their feedback on the win side and the losing side. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Okay, so as I alluded to in the beginning, um, we had SFL and minors that started on Friday. Fantastic games to watch as well as the rookies get to showcase their talents. Um, when I was doing it, we only had one game to do it. They have, I think, eight. So that's awesome. Uh, let's see how it all shaked out for them. The Ottawa Cavalry took on the Annapolis Navigators and the Navvies won 27-14. to 14. Ottawa was able to score one touchdown in the first and the second quarters, but nothing else. They also had 128 yards passing, 76 yards rushing, and 204 yards total with one passing and one rushing touchdown. The Navvies scored 14 in the first quarter, 10 in the second, and a field goal in the fourth. They had 252 yards passing, 62 yards rushing, totaling up to 314 yards. Two passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown as well. The Birmingham Fuel took on the San Jose flight and Birmingham won 24-7. The Fuel scored 10 points in the first, uh, 7 in the second, and in the third. They also scored 312 yards passing, 28 yards rushing, 340 yards total with two passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. And the flight was only held to one touchdown that came in the first quarter. They also had 129 yards 
passing, 63 yards rushing, and equaling up to 192 yards total with one passing touchdown. The Madison Lynx took on the Albuquerque Adams, and the Adams won 27-10. The Lynx scored a field goal in the second and a touchdown in the fourth. They had 189 yards total, uh, yeah, 189 passing yards, 81 rushing yards for a 270 yards total with one passing touchdown. But the Adams scored three points in the first, 17 points in the second, and seven points in the third. They also scored 338 total yards, 313 yards were passing yards, and 25 were rushing and they had three passing touchdowns. Last but not least, the Tacoma Grizzlies took on the Memphis River Runners, and Memphis ran away with it, 34-17. Tacoma scored one touchdown in the first and then in the second, and a field goal in the third. They also had 332 total yardage points, 235 yards were passing and 97 yards were rushing. One passing touchdown as well and one rushing touchdown as well. Um, the Memphis River Runners scored a touchdown in the first, 17 points in the second, and 10 in the fourth. They had 378 yards total, 282 yards passing, and 96 yards rushing with one passing touchdown and two rushing touchdowns. Yes, yeah, so as I was saying, it is some fantastic ball to watch, and we have our week two games coming out on the 16th, and the San Jose Flight will be taking on the Annapolis Navigators at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and I am going to go with the Annapolis Navigators on this one. On the Also on the 16th, all of these games are on the 16th. The Salt Lake City Rustlers will be taking on the Birmingham Fuel at 6.30 as well. And I'm going to go with the Birmingham Fuel on this one. Let's see. The Albuquerque Adams will be taking on the Ottawa Calvary at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And I will be going with the Adams on this. And last but not least, the Memphis River Runners will be taking on the Madison Lynx at 9 p.m. I'm just going to go ahead and... Uh, Ooh, it's going to be kind of a difficult one, but I'm going to go with the Madison Links on this. I'm going to see how that works out for me. And now we have my wild card game review coming right up. This week, hashtag the drama is real was in effect. I mean, these were some wild, wild card games. As I told you guys in the beginning, man, you had people thinking that they were going to win the whole thing and then it just had it snatched from them to people that could have had a chance to just to make it to overtime if they would have just, well, hold on one second. <laughs> the first game was the Atlanta Swarm taking on the Vancouver Legion. And Vancouver won this game. I was wrong about this game. I actually chose Atlanta to win. But it was a true tale of two halves with this one. Um, Atlanta had Vancouver against the ropes all game um, until halftime, winning 23-0. And perhaps it was the spirit of 86, Richard Patcher. We definitely miss you. Um, or Vancouver's just will to win that helped them 
make a comeback after halftime in a big way. With 7 minutes and 29 seconds left in the third quarter, Vancouver scored 21 unanswered points, and the score ended 41-33. to Atlanta had 326 yards passing with 21 yards rushing and 347 total. Their time of possession was 18 minutes and 3 seconds with 5 turnovers. Vancouver had 291 yards passing, but they excelled with the rushing game with 151 yards and a total up to 442 yards. Uh, then they held the ball for 25 minutes and 57 seconds, so they definitely held the ball longer than Atlanta and was able to do more with it, but they still had five turnovers as well. Player of the game was Mr. Rest and Relaxation himself, Robert Redford, with 18 attempts, 156 yards, one touchdown, and 34 reception yards. Houston versus Jacksonville. I was right about this game. Um, in a narrow yet exciting win for the Kings, this game was full of drama as Houston had 364 yards passing, 89 yards rushing, um, totaling up to 453 yards, and they held the ball for 22 minutes and 35 seconds with four turnovers. Jax had 246 yards passing, 182 yards rushing, and total yardage was 428. They held the ball a bit longer with 23 minutes and 41 seconds to be exact, and also had four turnovers as well. But Anthony Cece saved the day with a clutch kick, thus score ending up 37-34. Player of the game though was Jared Willis with 27 attempts, 182 yards, two touchdowns, and 24 reception yards. And last but not least, the Lone Star Glory took on the Florida Storm. I was right about the outcome of this game as well. A heartbreaker for um, the um, Lone Star Glory. As the Storm walked away with a win, with help from Optimus Klein for a kick return touchdown. And Lone Star Glory had a chance to tie it up with Florida with seconds left in the game. A 55-yard field goal was attempted by Wally Herman. Long Star Glory, by, well, yeah, well, I would say by Long Star Glory. Um, but unfortunately, it was just shy of the goal. Thus, the score ended up favoring Florida 22-19. to Long Star had 30, 336 uh, yards passing, 56 yards rushing, totaling up to 392 yards. They held the ball for 25 minutes and 20 seconds with no turnovers. Almost a perfect game, too. Uh, Florida had 203 yards passing with 21 yards rushing, 224 total yardage. And they held the ball for 18 minutes and 3 seconds and one turnover. Player of the game was Ron Cochran with 27 completions out of 36 attempts, 203 yards two touchdowns and his quarterback rating is 95.0 man see like i said it's it, i got two out of three right with my guesses for the wild card games and they truly were wild if you do want to go back and watch those games just go to our youtube um go to our youtube page for the simulation um football league and you'll be able to see all of those games
Great stuff to watch, man. Uh, let's see. Now, we will have our picks. My, well, I will have my picks for the quarterfinals rounds coming right up. All right. And the quarterfinal rounds goes as follows. First up, on Saturday, October 17th at 2 p.m. Eastern, Mexico City, number five seed, will be taking on the Baltimore Vultures, number four seed. And that is going to be a wonderful game to watch. Um, I'm going to go with Baltimore on this one. I think that um, Baltimore, well, I think both Baltimore and Mexico City have been around for a long time. I think Baltimore has been around a little bit longer though. And I think that they're gonna have the edge over them. I know TJ has tricks up his sleeve. And uh, yeah, I think that's just how that's gonna work out. On Saturday, October the 17th, 4 p.m. in Eastern. Let's see, Florida, the number eight seed, will be taking on Denver, the number one seed. And I'm sorry, Florida, but I think Denver is actually gonna win this one. Um, two great teams. Florida has definitely seen many, many championships. They've won three of them. So Denver is working on their second one. So this is gonna be an awesome game to watch. But I think that Denver is actually going to win this game. Um, on Sunday, October the 18th, the Jacksonville Kings, the number six seed, will be taking on the Sioux Falls Sparrows, the number three seed, at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. And I'm gonna go with Sioux Falls on this one. They have been pretty unstoppable. And I know that Jacksonville did win by three points um, with doing the, the wild card games, but I think Sioux Falls is gonna be fresh and it's gonna be ready to go for them. And last but not least, the number seven seed, Vancouver Legion, will be taking on the number two seed, Louisiana Revolution at 4.30 Eastern on also on Sunday, October the 18th. And I am going to go with, AJ, what you cooking? oh, this is very hard. Number two, number seven. The way Vancouver has been playing and the way they came back on Atlanta, I think Vancouver is a sure bet to win this game. I know some people are going to be really upset with me for choosing them, but I just got to look at the, 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 the role that they've been on, even all season. They've been winning by freaking 40 points. So it's been, and it seems in more than one game too, that they beat the Scorpions by 40 something points. So it was crazy. Um, I think they beat Houston by like 60 something points. So if you let Vancouver, you know, if you give them any life, they will make you regret it. So yeah, I think I'm gonna take Vancouver on this one. So. Just to recap, I'm choosing Baltimore, Denver, Sioux Falls, and Vancouver. <sighs> I'm gonna see if I'm right. <laughs> and all of these games are actually going to be taking place on 11 Sports Network and for the fans. If you want more information about the, those networks or just about us in general, please visit www.simulationfl.net. And now, my fourth and goal interviews, featuring members of the Long Star Glory and Florida Storm. Keep it right here. All right, and we are back with my fourth and goal interview. Tonight's guest is also members 
owners of the Lone Star Glory. I have Wally Herman and Charles Doherty in the house. How y'all doing? Great. Doing great. Thank you Fantastic. for having us. Good, Evening man. glory to you. Hey, you, oh, there you go. Evening glory. So it's it's very exciting to have you on the show. Um, I do have Mighty on the show too. So it's going to be interesting to get the two dynamics from um, different owners of the league, which we have a whole new fan base with our radio listeners. So I'm inviting all of my good friends on to share a little bit about the league, their experiences, and definitely how this season went. So start things off. Wally, I would like for you, for you for you to give us some information about yourself, maybe your age, hometown, some interesting facts, and your favorite NFL team. Sure. Well, I'm here in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, trying to deny turning 50. Mm. Um, I'm an animal lover. I've got uh, six parrots, seven dogs, a cat, and I help rescue other animals such as possums. Uh, my favorite... Um, NFL team are the Los Angeles Rams. I've been a Ram fan since the early 70s. And Vince Ferragamo was my favorite player of all time. Okay. Now you have a whole zoo over there. How are you managing that? Oh, I really don't. Oh, okay. They manage me. Oh, okay. So, right. Yeah, it's just a question of what, you know, what the birds really want. And uh, what, you know, hopefully the dogs. Hopefully I don't get bit in a day. A good day is I don't get bit. Ah, got it. Hopefully you have more days that are good than bad. Hopefully. <laughs> And Charles, same question, my dear. Um, I may not get all the, I don't remember what all the, what the questions were. But. <laughs> just, um, just your hometown, age okay. you want to, some interesting facts about yourself, and um, your favorite NFL team. I had to think wow. about it. Wow, okay. Um, even after that, I might screw it up. But um, originally grew up in Fairfax, Virginia. That's outside of Washington, D.C., um, I currently live in Denton, Texas, which is about 30 miles, maybe 35 miles north of uh, Dallas. Um, interesting facts about me. Uh, I was, I've been in the Navy, um, worked a bunch of different different jobs. Uh, I'm in, I'm in uh, the tech industry right now. I work on the customer support side. Um, wow. Um, interesting facts. That's probably, I mean, I probably have some, but not coming up in my mind right now as I get no older. Um, I just turned 25 a couple months ago. Okay. Um, <laughs> maybe add 30 <laughs> to that. Um, and my favorite football team growing up was um, the Washington Football uh, Club. Um, I remember my first recollection of television was when my grandfather and my dad they went out and invested in a color TV and they brought me in and they were watching a, a Washington game. And it was the first time I ever saw football, um, first memory of football. And ever since then, I was a fan. And my favorite player um, is Daryl Green. Um, he's a Hall of Fame cornerback. And the reason why I like him, not only on the field, but what impresses me most about him is off the field. You know, one of the things we stress Lone Star is ambassadors of the SFL. And he was definitely an ambassador, not only of Washington, but also the NFL. And I actually had the honor of meeting him a couple times. Um, and he's just a, he's just a humble guy. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he's my hero. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. That, that's awesome. Um, a lot of people saw Lone Star Glory come in and they were like, oh, you know, they're the new kids on the block. 
not going to go too far, you know. What do you say to those people? Because you actually made the playoffs. Well, you know, you could call us the new kids on the block, but we just, we didn't have the dance moves. I mean, no, <laughs> sorry, that was an old, old school joke. Um, you, know, <laughs> you know, we didn't expect to get a lot of love from the SFL. I mean, because, you know, change, you know, changes what it is. I mean, a lot of people don't like it. And, uh, and the, some of the, the underlying reasons why we became owners for Seattle, for Seattle, formerly Seattle, um, you know, it wasn't, um, I wouldn't say it was a perfect storm coming in. I mean, we, we had to work on some things. We had an empty locker room. Um, but between Wally and I, we uh, had, a, I think we, we have a, a pretty good eye. I mean, from our uh, real life business ex experience and working with other people, I think we have a good eye for uh, identifying talent. And uh, I think that's what our, our success, one of our major success factors uh, was is identifying talent to get in and help us, uh, you know, fill the locker room and, you know, put together game plans and put a competitive team on the field. Got it. Wally, from your perspective. Well, you know, first of all, um, Charles did a spectacular job um, rounding some key people in, right? And so we, we've built locker room just based on good people, right? Um, and I think that was the start of all of it. And yeah, there were a lot of people, I think, who wanted us to fail. Some, some wanted us to appear on the, have a date on the revenge tour, but I hear that got canceled. Anyway, just a small little shot. I, I still love the Skyhawks. I do, really, seriously. Um, but, yeah. but anyway, but there was, there, but there was a lot of, uh, I think there were low expectations for us. Um, and again, Charles did a great job. Um, because we just had a great locker room. And I think, you know, while we wanted to go into the season and hope to win the championship, make the playoffs and all those things that every team wants to do, I think our primary goal was to have a lot of fun and to build a good locker room. And I absolutely think we hit the ball out of the park. And that's the thing I'm most, the most proud of, isn't the fact that we made the playoffs, isn't the fact that we may have beaten some teams or beaten expectations. It's the fact that when I go into the locker room, I'm comfortable, right? Even though Charles makes fun of me every time after every game, especially <laughs> after we win, and he really does. He always takes a shot at me and gets people laughing. But nonetheless, um, it's just, it's it's a great time, and that's what you know. That's what all of us joined the SFL for. It's not just the winning; it's for the it's for the people, and that's what we did well. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I'm looking at your schedule, and I mean, you've you beat. The Scorpions, unfortunately, first game. Did we? What was the score? It was 24-10. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I mean, but you had some really, really good games. Like you beat um, Fort Worth during this time. Almost beat the Florida Storm, which were um, champions at one time. So you guys have a very, very, very prominent record, you know, and I, I think that for those who, and even Mexico City, Aztecs, um, but I think for those who just wanted to, to see you fail and all of that kind of stuff, I, I think that they kind of got their foot in their mouths right now because you guys did, did your thing. Um, and like I said, it was unexpected. People just saw you and they're just like, oh yeah, what can the glory do? And they're starting from nothing. And now 
you have a reputable team. And I'm, I'm imagining you going to retain most of your team for next season because, you know, who'd want to leave Lone Star, right? You know, I, I think we've calculated, you know, losing, you know, one, maybe two people, at, um, hopefully not more. But, you know, it's the people have real life things they need to deal with, especially in these crazy times. And, uh, you know, I would also say that um, people that want to maybe pursue some other things in the league may want to go somewhere else. I mean, I, I don't begrudge anyone for doing that. And I think we may have that one or two people leaving, maybe more. I don't know. But, you know, we've got a great core of people and uh, we're probably going to be in a situation where we may be looking for a couple people, but you know, the good news yeah. is that, uh, you know, based on the people that we have currently on the team, I think uh, we have a pretty good network and uh, I don't, you probably won't see us putting out a lot of advertisements and player openings. I think uh, we've got people coming to us, which is a good place to be in. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me your thoughts on this play, this playoff game that you were in. I mean, from the start to the finish. I know, Wally. I know. I had to ask. Though. I had to. Oh, that hurts. That just Come on, hurts. man. Come on. I know. Well, I watched it. Well, first, I think my and Optimus need to be tested for some uh, performance-enhancing <laughs> drugs. Um, you know, and I think there was a bad spot on that field goal. About two yards. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. It actually looked like it almost got blocked. Yeah, that's true. So Wally's nickname for the rest of the season is going to be 55 Herman. 55. You got to make it. I know. You see what I have to deal with? He's just cold. No, it was was a good over. I think overall it was a a tough game. Um, You know, we're going up against – Hall of Fame owner and coach and uh, loaded with talent. And, um, yeah. you know, the, the, we, we needed to be sound in all the phases of the game on defense, offense, and special teams. And we, we uh, let one slide by on special teams. And that, I think that was kind of the dagger. Right. And Wally, um, back to you, when it was that moment, and I, I was watching the chat the whole time, and you could see emotional content that the chat conveyed. You had members of Florida at first were like, oh, my God, we're getting ready to lose this game. And then it kind of shifted, and then it came down to the last second kick, man. And if you make it, you tie, you go to overtime. If you don't, then they win. What was going through your mind at that time? And then... To be honest, you know, I hadn't missed a field goal all year, right? And I'm a huge South Carolina Gamecock fan. And uh, there's sometimes we, uh, we sit and pity ourselves with a story about the so-called chicken curse. And I thought to myself, 55 yards, huh? Is this really going to be the only time I miss a kick for the season? And um, I knew it was a long kick. And, uh, you know, I just felt bad because it brought to an end, not as much to the winning in, in terms of which I would have loved to obviously be in Florida after they beat us, particularly in the earlier part of the season. But it was been so much fun with the guys that it, um, it was really disappointing not to get that extra week of anticipation of a big game. Right. Is that- but we're not, we don't blame Wally. I joke about it, but it's not his fault. I mean, we put him in a tough spot, and uh, we should have. There's a couple times we should have scored, so it's not Wally. I'm, I'm just joking about it. 
55 yeah. Herman. We'll still call him 55 Herman, but we're just joking with him. Yes, yes. But how difficult was it for you all to put together that locker room and to get your playbooks in? Is Was this like your first time actually doing all of this? Have you had previous experience? You know, what was that like? Take us through that. Well, I uh, last season, um, I was honored to be on the Vancouver Legion, and um, I was the defensive coordinator, and I, I spent a lot of time with uh, Andy putting together playbooks and, um, you know, picking his brain as much as I could. Um, so I think from the defensive standpoint, I had a decent, decent understanding, and Coach Craven came from – um, well, he's actually a real life, he's been a real life coach for, you know, a couple decades, I think. And, um, he also has a you know, depth of experience from the minor leagues of the SFL. And, uh, you know, he was on Vancouver and we clicked and, you know, he said he wanted to go with me and, uh, gave him a, sh gave him a shot at offensive coordinator. And now he's head coach. And, uh, I think the thing that helped us get, I mean, you know, honestly, we're still learning the playbook. Um, the, not just not from a play standpoint, but there's a lot of intricacies in putting a playbook together from a balance standpoint. Um, and we're not, I don't know if we're there yet. We're still learning, but I think what helped us get to where we are, um, which I think is pretty significant from where we were week one, um, is um, a collaborative nature that we have in the, in the locker room and the coaching staff. Um, but also there are, were some key people in the league that, um, um, you know, quite honestly, not all the not all the coaches and owners, um, uh, especially during the season, are very receptive to um, helping out other folks. But there are some key people out there that I think went above and beyond, um, you know, spending time talking to us. And, you know, you can't, you know, Eddie Gage is one of the guys that, you know, I've bounced things off of. But, you, you know, Shan Varner, I mean, I know there were some issues with him, but, you know, early in the season, he spent some time talking to me and I can't go without giving him some credit for uh, spending some time with me. And also Gerald Smith uh, from Louisiana uh, helped us out a lot. Um, so, you know, it, that's what I think uh, it helped, helped me. Um, it helped in, it strengthen my, my appreciation for um, the coaching and the ownership fraternity in the SFL. Okay. Wally, did you want to add anything to that? Well, not particularly. I think you hit it pretty much uh, as a squarely. And again, most of the reasons I think we had success was just because of the culture, right? Um, it's a very collaborative culture and it's a fun culture. And, um, and my hat, you know, tipped to, you know, the, co not the coaching staff and to Charles. Okay. So what is the... Let me see, how do I want to word this? What is the coaching and the ownership philosophy for the Lone Star Glory? For, their, for rookies that are looking to join the league and maybe looking into all, to, to join a Lone Star? Well, you want to go first? Sure, sure, why not? Um, I'll, I'll approach it a little bit more from the ownership perspective. Um, I tried to work hard this year to advance the overall cause um, for the SFL um, in every direction that I could. Uh, there were some things I thought we were successful with doing. And, you know, we tried, tried to do some things, good things too for the team and that would be fun. Um, 
pushing pushing for change and maybe not change evolution is a frustrating experience at times um, because it's the road to it is inherently painful because it's doing things that you haven't done before. And sometimes that means you screw up and God knows I screw up um, regularly. I mean, heck you can ask my wife for proof of that. Um, But I think we set the foundation. Well, you know, I think next year I, um, I see what I did wrong on some issues of focus um, and I think next year we're going to push harder um, to really make sure to repeat, if, if you will, at having the most fun locker room. Um, and I'm going to put, I'm going to do a better job of that next year. Cause if I think if I do that job well next year, that'll go a long way to winning the championship. <laughs> Just fun. Cool. What about you, Charles? Um, so, for the rookies out there that are looking for a new home, um, that we're looking for folks that want to, you know, have an extended stay, you know, with their team. Uh, we're not looking for, you know, one year wonders that go from one season wonders that go from team to team. We're also, and I, I've said this before, and I probably sound like a broken record because I know you probably remember it, um, Ashley, from the first time we were on, uh, Wally and I were on a call with you, is we're looking for ambassadors of the SFL. And ambassadors for uh, for Lone Star. We don't want people going out there and starting things in general. Um, we want people that you know have a inherently have a have the drive to make a team better, but also help other people. And maybe not even necessarily on the team. Um, and we also have a very collaborative approach in how we um, plan for the operations of our team, as well as what we're going to do on the field. Um, you know, the likelihood of bringing someone in to be, you know, at a high level right off the street is not necessarily what we shoot for. We like to have people come in and tell us how they can get involved and give them an opportunity. And then as they start to prove themselves, we put them in positions of, uh, you know, that are, um, that uh, reflect the amount of, um, of work they put in and help they've put in. Um, you know, I've, I want to, I want to take this opportunity to thank a couple people, obviously coach up there, but also, um, uh, Liam Hammer came in and helped out on the defense tremendously as a coordinator. Um, but you know, one of the shining stars is, is, is Freddie Trammell. I mean, he came in not really knowing much about AP, um, all pro football and, uh, asked how we could help. And we gave him a couple, you know, tips on how to do some scouting and he just became a superstar in scouting. And, um, you know, you know, Eddie can attest to this on, on your team. I mean, you cannot underestimate the value of a good scout. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, have it, if we're able to sign him next season, knock on wood, we're going to we're going to put him in a position that uh, that reflects his ability to co- uh, to scout. And uh, and anyone that wants to come in and help us uh, at any level, we're not going to say no. So, you know, I don't know. I'm, I've probably been babbling, but uh, no, I'm from. <laughs> no, you're absolutely good. I want to talk about your logo for a minute. Whose idea was it? I'm actually going to have it um, on screen. Um, whose idea was what for the logo and who created it? And how did you come up with a general idea for it? Wow, that's a big question, isn't it, Charles? Um, yep, yeah. I think when we started, um, we really wanted to have a brand that reflected Texas, um, sort of an allusion to the past, while at the same time, obviously, uh, 
moving into the future. And, um, you know, Charles and I talked about it a lot. He had a, he had a nice idea and, uh, we sort of grew it from there. And on that, I'll let you uh, finish it all off. Yeah. When I was thinking about taking over a team and uh, taking over a team, when I was thinking about applying for a team or becoming an owner, well, before I met Wally, um, I sat down and made a spreadsheet of all the all the names of the teams, the cities and the and the team names. And I actually, over a glass of wine or two, I sat down with my wife on the couch and uh, started reading them off to her. And she's like, "No, no, that's not going to work. No, that's not going to work." We narrowed it down to a couple. And by the time Wally came in, I, you know, picked my favorite, and you know, we had some discussions. I mean, he wanted to have kind of a, a Pittsburgh emphasis. Uh, I wanted to have you know, a Texas, North Texas emphasis. And, um, you know, while he's a smart guy and he knew that it was much better to do <laughs> a little star <laughs> than Pittsburgh, but, uh, you know, it worked out. And, um, you know, I look, looking through the, you know, for folks that don't know, um, the helmet logos are limited to basically what's in the game. So that also helped me narrow down the number of pit, the number of options as far as team names, because I saw the writer, um, you know, on the horse with the flag. And I was like, wow, that looks like the, I could make that look like the Texas flag. And uh, for the folks that out there that know Texas, know how everyone in Texas knows what Lone Star is and knows and, 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 and very familiar with the state, um, you know, how, how people are passionate about Texas that are from Texas or live in Texas. And, uh, and I thought we should, we should capitalize on that and make a team that could uh, really embrace that. Hi, fantastic, gentlemen. I have three more questions. One is for both of you, but then I have individual questions for you. I'm going to start with you first, Charles. I know that you are one of the best broadcasters that we have. Um, how do you feel about being a broadcaster, and what advice can you give to anyone that wants to do that? One of the best broadcasters? Yes. Wow. <laughs> You I have a whole list of who I actually think is. Holy mackerel. Well, thank you. Thank yes. you. I mean, I, I had the, had the uh, honor and privilege of doing games with, uh, with Cam for a mm -hmm. season and that, you know, Cam could make a, a toad look like a prince. So um, <laughs> I think there's a little of that going on, but um, I don't, I, I, you know, for people that want to get into broadcasting, just, you know, jump in, reach out to Mike Daggs. Um, but I think the key is, um, in the research, uh, the prep going into the game may not necessarily be the delivery, especially for my role as an analyst. I don't think you need to be, you know, a, you know, a Joe Buck, but um, if you have a passion of the game and a basic understanding of the game and you can see things on the field, it doesn't have to come across, you know, too terribly smooth. Just don't be rigid and try and have fun. And if you're having fun watching the game and having fun pointing things out, I think that uh, that makes the broadcast better, in my own humble opinion. Yeah, because you and when you and um, Cam would call the games together, it's like you both were the per like it was. You have like the perfect kind of pairs where they really work really well together. They balance each other well, and you and him were very good at that. Probably because you, he lived in Denton, and y'all used to be in the in the same room sometimes. Because you can yeah, kind of talk definitely. Each other. <laughs> awesome. awesome. All right, and so Wally, for you. I want to discuss crowd play because I think you were the you were the yes you were the founder or you were the uh, the the person that actually brought the crowd play to the league. 
And first of all, kudos for that. Um, that was absolutely fun. And I won some money and I got some points towards a gift card. So, you know, thanks. But tell us a little bit about how that came to fruition and even how that's worked out so far. Well, um, again, I want to try to help extend, extend the league further. Um, you know, the league's done a great job of really, of really truly putting the fan into fantasy and putting the fun into football um, for all of us. I was, I like the idea of gamification of the game itself, making it more interactive. Um, and so the, the crowd play concept, I thought fit to it well. Um, I thought I was happy with it for, mo for the most part for the season in the sense that it, it, it was fun. I'll have to admit I was a little disappointed as well. Um, certain weeks in terms of the turnout. Um, and, you know, maybe it's one of those things where we need to build it over time um, and get a better audience, get more of the television audience participating. Um, and so uh, while I enjoyed the concept, I was disappointed um, not in the outcome of the fun, but out, I was disappointed in the, in the participation rates. Um, I really thought we would have done a bigger and better job and, and getting more people involved than we did. But um, again, I think it's also maybe it's a little bit like, you know, what we accomplished together, uh, Charles and I, in terms of um, trying to get a locker room built. And again, Charles did most of the, the hard work. You know, sometimes fun is work and sometimes it takes time and investment. And I'm hoping that, you know, crowd play gets better and that some of there's a couple of wrinkles I want to try to do for next year, which I think will be hopefully more fun and we can get uh, some more exposure for the league and, um, you know, and hopefully just build on the fun. I mean, that's what we're here to do. All right. And I will say, like anything, that you first started, I think you've given me this advice before. Um, when you're trying to, even when you were talking about my podcast, Wally, you know, when I was thinking that, man, it doesn't seem like too many people are interested or they're not really listening to me and do they really like me and things like that. He told me that it takes time. It takes time to build something that is going to be worthwhile in the end. And in, in, in the case of crowd play, I really think that that is the same thing because this is the first time we've ever introduced that in the league. We have hundreds of people that join us every week and we're true, true enough, we're on the tail end of things, but it doesn't mean that that won't translate to higher ratings, higher turnout for next season because people are just getting used to it. Maybe they wanted to kind of see what the outcome for everybody else was before they even downloaded it. You know, what do people think about this before I decided to, to use my energy towards it? I thought it was amazing. Um, like I said, I did win a few prizes too. So I was happy about that. But I think just the idea of playing a game about a game is was phenomenal. And just quickly, gentlemen, um, I do have, uh, looks like about four minutes or so. Um, what advice would you give to owners that are upcoming owners and um, what advice would you give to the rookies that are coming in to the league? I'll start with you first, Charles. Yeah, I'm sorry. My dog is going nuts in the background. Yeah, no, um, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. I thought um, that was first, before, before I answer the question, I need, <laughs> I, I forgot, I forgot a key person. Um, got, you got to give credit to Dave Axis. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. For helping build the locker room. I mean, everybody knows that. 
Um, well, he's a diva. Yeah, he's the diva, and he, he <laughs> is an integral part of our the leadership on our team, and, and I have to give him credit. Um, Well-deserved. Um, so the advice for new owners coming into the league um, is, and I've told this to a couple of the folks that are uh, applying, find the teams out there that you respect um, and in some way, shape, or form want to emulate and reach out to those. I mean, it's always good to talk to all the owners, of course, but you really focus your time on picking their brains and getting their advice on uh, telling them what your ideas are and letting them critique it, uh, but also uh, find out what, you know, they like about being owners, what they don't like about being owners, because it's not, you know, it's not a, uh, you know, it's not a love story. I mean, there's some, <laughs> you know, there's some things you have to deal with. Once you look under the hood of the SFL, there are some things that, you know, aren't necessarily, you know, perfect, but, you know, it's fun. And this is, you know, this is not, you know, you, you can't compare it to like the National Football League. I mean, it's just a bunch of guys that are and gals and doing, trying to do this, uh, you know, in most cases in their spare time. So, um, but with that being said, there are some challenges as, as an owner, um, which you need to be aware of. There are some monetary requirements that maybe not all people are aware of. Um, and uh, there's some time requirements as well. I mean, if you're going to be an owner, you need to be able to put the time in. Um, and, you know, the bottom line is you've got 20 people that are paying to have an enjoyable experience in the SFL, and you have to have that level of commitment to make sure that uh, you're doing your utmost to help fulfill that, that need. Okay. And Wally? First thing I guess I would say is don't be afraid to break glass, right? Have a vision for yourself, for the team, and for the league, and go for you know, what you, uh, what you believe in, right? Um, the second part is, is get a little bit lucky, right? And have people around you who are better than you. And, um, and I've been definitely lucky, um, you know, with Charles, with Dave, with Coach, you know, Hammer, all these guys are better than I am. And that just makes your job easy. But if you break some glass, and you try to just have fun, everything else works out. It's not the NFL, as Charles said. We're just a bunch of guys having some fun, right? Um, and at the same time, we can be more. And I think everyone needs to, 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 to own our house, take, take accountability and responsibility for each other and um, care for each other, try to make each other better. I mean, like, um, sure, I'm a little bitter towards Mighty, you know, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, if Mighty's successful, I'm successful, Charles is successful, and uh, Jacob or, you know, Eddie, obviously, um, we're really one team. We're not going to be 22 teams. We're one team. And if we help each other, we'll all win. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for being on the show. I really do appreciate you so much for taking the time out with me. And um, I do want to give you both the last word. So. It can be a shout out, a song, or a poem, but right now the floor is yours, Wally. Never get a cockatoo. <laughs> Never ever get a cockatoo. Uh, my my uh, two cockatoos. My Kaylee is uh, probably shouldn't say this on any sort of media, but she's a uh, she's a uh, she's an evil genius. 
Right, she might even be a word that you know starts with a B, but no, uh, she bit me. She, you know, she's uh, that just never get a cockatoo. Okay, noted. <laughs> and Charles, uh, wow, um, it's been a great season. Um, we, we fell short of what our goals were, but I think uh, we made a lot of a great improvement from where we started. Um, we've got a great core group of people. Uh, we may be looking for a couple more. Um, so, you know, reach out to Dave <laughs> if you're interested and, uh, you know, come and have some fun with, uh, with Lone Star and win some games. All right, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Looking forward to seeing y'all next season. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. All right. Take good Bye. care. You too. All right. And welcome to my fourth and goal interview, everyone. Tonight's guest is the wonderful, fantastic Mr. Mari Rx, owner and coach of the Florida Storm. How you doing, sir? I'm good, AJ. What's popping, Pimpin? Hey, man. I'm, I can't call it, bro. I'm just sitting here watching all y'all do your thing in the playoffs, you know, <laughs> taking notes. Don't worry. Two scoops will get it right. I have no worries that he will get it right. Yes, I do too. I mean, he was the first time of his him being an offensive coordinator. He was already a beast on defense, so it takes time, you know, it takes time. But I called you here today because we have a lot of new guests. I'm sorry, a lot of new listeners here. They want to get a chance to know um, different members of the community. And since you're one of my good friends, I definitely want them to get to know you. So just a little quick review on who you are. Um, you can give your age if you want to, but your um, um, name, hometown, interesting facts about yourself, and your favorite NFL team. Okay, so name is Mighty RX. Um, Mighty uh, Mighty has been my name for two two and a half decades. Um, real name, I go by Max Paul. Uh, married for twenty, got four kids. Two of them are grown ups. Um, I currently live in. Pompano Beach, Florida, which is just between, just north of Fort Lauderdale, south of Boca Raton. Um, hometown is Montreal, Quebec, Canada. So yes, happy Thanksgiving to the homeland. Um, <laughs> been around since season six. Actually, yes, been around since season six. Season seven became a defensive coordinator. Season eight became an owner. Season 10 won the first one. 11, the second one. 12, the third one. Yeah, there's a recurring theme. So um, we, we've been kind of blessed and, you know, that our, our hard work has prevailed for the storm and kind of, you know, been able to trans, transfer into the field um, of play. Uh, love football, love football. Love, like, like the NBA finals just ended. And as we're watching it transpire, my kids are excited because of the kind of athletic and the athleticism that's being displayed. But then you see, how defenses are, I won't say neutered, but they could only do so much because any kind of contact becomes a whistle, right? But in football, if the defense wants to stop you, by goodness, they will stop you. And yeah. that's why I like football. I love the chess match. I love the chess match. All right. And uh, favorite NFL team? The Jacksonville Jaguars. I guess been, I should been, been there since jump. Since the 1994 season, been there. Uh, very few highs, very few highs. But as you can tell, I'm very loyal, because which is weird, because loyalty 
and sports teams is a weird thing. Um, we're not loyal to anything else but sports teams. Don't you dare talk bad about my team, <laughs> even though they're trash. You're not allowed to. You know what I'm saying? So it's a weird thing. But yes, I'm a Jaguar <laughs> fan through and through. Now, trust me, I understand. I'm a Bears and I'm a Falcons fan too. So listen, I, I totally get that. Like, I, it hurts sometimes. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to keep going. <laughs> you got to keep going. But yeah, man. So speaking of, you know, we're going to kind of talk about your season this this season because this is kind of different, you know, for me because I've, I've been in the league since season 12. So yeah. I came in right when you, you know, and I was watching season 11 championship. So I was you know, watching you win everything, it seems. And then, you know, last year happened. Well, actually, the past couple of seasons happened and didn't quite make it there. But then this season, it seems like you did something a little differently because you started off kind of shaky with the three losses, but then you picked it right back up again to the, the mighty I know. And you want to talk a little bit about what transpired during that time? Um, this is for all the new guys or even older guys that – um, try things or don't exactly understand what coaching is about. The first three weeks was basically because, because as you know, AJ, we've had this discussion many times. Every season is a brand new playbook in Florida. For the storm, we switch things up completely. So once the season ends, the, that season playbook goes in the dumpster and we start everything from scratch. So the first three weeks was exactly that. You know, uh, week one against Queen City, they came out. Their defense was playing lights out offensively where we're still tinkering. And, you know, we weren't there. You know, week two, um, you know, we ran to the, the, the Kings. They put it on us. I believe their D-line had like a million sacks. Ron, like Ron came to work beat up. You know what I'm saying? Like Ron's my coworker. He's my boss. I work on my job. He came in, lumped up. I'm like, Ron, they beat you up for real? Like, you know what I'm saying? They were bad. And then we three, um, Ron was starting to turn the season around. We ran to Vancouver. I believe we lost that game 28 to 27. Uh, Ron threw a pick in the end zone as time expired. So that's where the Vancouver game was us starting to turn around, get our feet under us, understanding our, the strengths and the weaknesses of our team. And then we went on a three-game win streak. Where I think, I believe we're currently, uh, we're eight and two in the last, in, the, in, our, in our last 10. So we turned things around, you know, it's a lot of tinkering. Um, there's four wide receiver set we got going on over there, trying to figure out what works and what didn't on the fly, you know, with the live bullets. Um, we knew we had a little room for error when the season first began. But, you know, those that, that, that 0-3 start kind of made it paramount for us to get hot quick and stay hot quick. So um, it's, it's not being afraid to try something new. That's that's been our motto in Florida since jump. Always try, try, push the envelope, try something new. Do you know what I'm saying? Go into uncharted waters because there is where you find out if you got what it takes. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It's one of those you'll never know if you can till you try. Absolutely. So that's that. So every season, that's what it is. So you know, last season, same thing. We're trying something new. Um, um, and it just, we, we tried to turn it around too late. And uh, that was the first time of us missing, missing the playoffs in franchise history. Um, and just, you know, I was telling the guys, dude, this, this is the first time in the calendar year that we've been in the playoffs. This is crazy to me. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, we're so accustomed to some type of success over here that 
not having it feels foreign. You know what I'm saying? So where um, we understand the work that it takes, definitely that. And just to keep this, keep this train going, we know we got a gigantic, gigantic challenge, you know, coming up this Saturday at 4 p.m. against, against GZV and the Nightwings. Um, speaking of, I'm current, currently in the midst of preparation. That's why I was a little late. I had to finish getting the sim started and, you know, running in the background to see what works and what does it against that formidable Denver, uh, Denver team. Absolutely. You know, I'm not going to keep you too long, but I just had to, you know, ask you these questions. Now, what did you think about your game against the Lone Star? Because you actually beat them um, earlier in the season and then you had to play them again and then you won again. So what was your secret? Well, I know you probably won't tell me the secret. secret. Ain't no secret there. It's one of those um, players making plays kind of deal because our mindset coming into that game was mitigate, um, you know, try to mitigate their offense. Uh, control as opposed to the stop because um, uh, I have a philosophy that whenever you try to stop something, you're going to spring a leak somewhere else. It's kind of a le- kind of like a leaky boat. You know, water's coming in, you're plugging holes, and every time you plug a one hole, another hole springs. That's what happens defensively when you try to stop something. Yeah, it might look good. You might you might catch a team napping one game where you can stop everything, but if that team did its homework and knows that you're trying to stop something, something they could, you know what I'm saying? They could always add that wrinkle that I catch you sleeping and the wrinkle wins the game kind of deal. And that's what we didn't want to happen. So we played, we were a little conservative on defense, allowed them to, you know, um, we wanted our, our, our defenders to kind of rally to the ball anytime they made any kind of play and force them to have to go the long ways, many plays, to execute thoroughly, every play the entire game and you know optimus had that key kickoff return uh, key, okay this is the story behind this optimus is optimus is my first player like optimus klein first player we ever signed when we for when we um were given a franchise and he signed on you know we t- we chopped it up he's like, and he was my tight end season eight go check it out optimus klein was a tight end for the alaska for the then alaska storm so he's been telling me forever Hey, Mighty, let me turn kicks. I'm like, leave me alone. No, hey, Mighty, <laughs> let me turn. So, so I, I, I never told him I would, but this season when we, when uh, me and the, you know, the rest of our front office uh, put all the progressions for all the players together, I put in mind, you know what? I'm going to throw Optimus a bone because he's been my we to jump. I'm a, he'll be the kick returner for the last half of the season. I ain't telling them. So when the progression came for that weekend, he saw what it was. Oh my. So when, <laughs> so he finally came through in the clutch with that kick returns, which was gigantic because was. our offense struggled. Like Lone Star came ready to ball and they made, they made our offense's life miserable. You know what I'm saying? And that kickoff return was the difference in the game. Like we won by two. If it ain't for that kickoff return, we I don't know what the game looks like. So yes. it, it was it was it was clutch. It was clutch by from Optimus to be able to return that after years of you know kind of like come on, coach, let me in the game, coach, let me in the game, coach. Yes, you're in the game, man. Do something. <laughs> you know that has to be one of the most emotional, I think, games that I've watched because everybody was going through. You can see it in the chat how. People thought they were going to win. And then all of a sudden they realized, okay, all we got to do is make this field goal. Then we can tie it up, you know, and try, possibly go in overtime. And then when Wally missed, 
man. And then I saw all your plays explode. Like, yes, you know, I mean, I'm sorry you missed, but, <laughs> but glad we won, you know. I'm glad I'm glad you bring that up because that's the story of the SFL playoff. Yeah. Like that's how it's been, at least of recent memory, where there's no really team that comes in there being dominant, you know, from kickoff to, to ending, you know, to final gun. It's one of those, a lot of ebbs and flows. A lot of, heck, this past weekend, we saw a team, you know, jump out to a crazy lead and another team run off, I think, 38 unanswered. Like, that's bananas. But that's the SFL playoffs where the games are intense. They're, you know, they're butt clenching. I'll call, I'll call it lemon booty. That fourth quarter, <laughs> get that lemon booty get tight. You feel me? And it's like, man. And then one play here, one play there decides the game. That and the fact that if you've if you pay if you've paid any kind of attention to the storm and their playoff history, we when we win, it's never running away. It's always, you know what I'm saying? Like we win a score here, a score there, a timely interception or a timely set that knocks someone out of field goal range, and it's never, oh my God, just throwing one by thirty. No, man. When we win in the playoffs, it's we we skate by three, we skate by five, we might have, you know, edge by by you know a touchdown. But it's never running away because in the playoffs, uh, the playoffs, the coaches that make it there put in work, right? So they're the better coaches in the league. So the game plans are tighter. They're playing to the team strengths. They're hiding their weaknesses more. So you're going to have a lot more contested, contested ball games from it. Uh, there used to be an old hashtag. If Cam listens to this, he'll he'll laugh at this. There was a hashtag called the drama is real. That used to be our the SFL hashtag. And that's exactly what it's about, where when the fourth quarter comes, like the games are so nip-tuck and so close and, and it's so intense that anybody can be able to pull it off in the final minutes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, big-time players and big-time plays and big-time games kind of deal. That's what the SFL is about. Hey, definitely that. Definitely that. I was looking at your shirt. And uh, for those that can't see, it is a hurricane there. But I actually see an eye. Now, I didn't actually realize that. I'm just noticing when I'm looking at people's logos a lot more detailed. Yes. Uh, Matt Doyle actually kind of, you know, implemented the, um, I would say, personality of the team inside of this, it. That's pretty dope. This is actually not a Matt Doyle design. Um, it this is me. It is not. This is me um, venturing on my own because... I knew exactly what I wanted, well, ish. And I got, matter of fact, fun story behind this logo. So the designer for this logo will not, he won't talk to me anymore. He refuses to answer. Yes, because he can't stand me. He hates my guts. Because what, what like the, the amount of additions and renditions necessary to make this happen was bananas. And it got to the point where even um, his, his um his feedback from me was like, oh, worst fire ever. Doesn't know what he wants. Now it's actually I was very picky because you'll know there's an eye here. Yes. And there's also you'll see his 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 cowlick is a lightning. It is. It see, is. So, so I knew what I wanted and I wanted it, it exactly the way, but he just. I guess because maybe because he's not American, there was a a lot you know a loss in translation when I went on one. So this is like after fifteen you know, adjustments, we finally, you know, settled on this. But yeah, to this day, he will not talk to me. Oh, man. Well, you don't so, need him because so. that was, that's actually very good. <laughs> yes. So that's, that's what's up. So, um, yes, this, this took a while. I love it. Like this, that, this is, this is the storm. 
this is this is it. We're we're always watching. <laughs> Clearly, always, even when we even when you even when we're not watching, we're still watching. So <laughs> so um yeah. I was gonna say so. Go. Tell me, why did you move um from Alaska to Florida? Because you've been known for Alaska forever and all since the day one. Yeah. Okay, so this is when we first jumped into the league. Um, we saw that the league didn't have a lot of inclement weather games. Okay. And what I always loved, loved about football is playing in inclement weather. You know what I'm saying? Like I told, like I told you, my hometown is Montreal, Quebec, Canada. So I experienced all the seasons, all of them, winter, summer, spring, fall, all of them. So I learned about football in the snow. You know what I'm saying? Like watching the, 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 the Cowboys and Bills play and Leon let. You know what I'm saying? Slip on old place, touch the ball, let the Bills escape with a win. Kind of, like, I, that's why. So watching the SFL, there are very um, bad weather games or very few and far between, especially snow games. So I'm like, you know what? If I ever get a squad, I'm going to put them in a place where I know it will snow. Yeah, sure. About that. Um, in our history in Alaska, and I think over the span, I believe, of a little over 60 games, We've had two snow games, two. One was against the Houston Hyenas. It was a Monday night game. The, you can ask DeMond. He can tell you about that game. He hates that game with a passion. And then our, our, the last game was our, um, our last championship game against the Denver Nightwings that we're about to face this week. It was this, the, And that championship game, if you go back to watch it, the game's great because it's like closely contested. Nip tuck, you don't know who gonna win what. And the snow just adds like a, an amazing backdrop and factor to it. When you watch the game, you watch, you saw the game live. You tell me the game. Was, it does. Okay. And, it does. and that's why we, and that's why we initially began in Alaska. But now as that went on, we saw that we, it made more sense to bring it closer to home for more opportunities and, 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 and somewhat for business, you know, so had to bring that bad boy home, you know what I'm saying? Back to Fort Lauderdale where we at and to kind of explore some business ideas with some partners that we've uh, been sitting down and chopping, chopping it up with lately. So that's why we brought it home. Awesome. Well, I got two more questions for you and I'll let you go. Um, I, I, you alluded to your philosophy of coaching. And I was wondering if you can elaborate on that a little bit so people can kind of get to know you as a coach, because I'm sure we're going to have a lot of rookies watching. We're going to have a lot of um, – actually, it's kind of a two-parter. With you being coach, I know you were one of the first people that actually got the game, and you pretty much got it when it first started. Um, yep. when it first was, what is the – does that help you now because you have so much experience with it? And then what is your coaching philosophy? It, it does a little bit understanding um, because I have a better understanding of, of matchups, what works, what doesn't. That doesn't mean to say that someone that might not have uh, as lengthy as an experience as I do can be successful. Proof in case. Jeremy Vega in Denver. Again, I bring them up. Denver had the best offense this season. They also had the best defense this season. So, and Jeremy's not a competitive all-pro football player. He's just understanding, you know, w willing to spend the time grinding and finding what your team does best and what they don't do well and catering your play style or their play style to represent that better. 
where if you know your passers ain't it, um, maybe you don't call certain defensive coverages because they're going to expose some things when a quarterback got too much time. You know what yeah. I'm saying? If 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 you know your running back ain't the bomb, maybe we don't try to run the ball 60 times a game. You know what I'm saying? Just simple things like that. But you 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 you, you, you snicker. You a lot of things. A, a lot of things. Pro coaches. Not, I'm not even talking about coaches in the league. Pro coaches that get paid millions. They fall into is that they try to fit the square peg into the round hole because that's been their philosophy forever. And then when the square peg doesn't fit, everybody gets fired. Coach gets fired. GM gets fired. You know what I'm saying? Quarterback gets uh, either let go or they don't resign them. And everybody looks like, oh, he's a bust. Man, maybe the head coach didn't know what he was doing with him because he showed hey, he showed that he had talent when they picked him in the draft or when they signed him in free agency. So apparently, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's one of those where, again, I, I will say this until I, my voice runs out. Do not be afraid to try new things because though it might sound like it doesn't work, but until you actually test it to make sure that it does or doesn't, it's all theory. And we know that theory ain't it. You know what I'm saying? So, so don't be afraid to venture out, to try new things, to test them out. Uh, um, and, and, and put in the work that's in, put in the work. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't just oh, throw this at, throw this at the dartboard. Okay. This was going to try this week or, Oh, well this, you know, um, uh, this free agent looks good or, or this draftee looks good. And we just pick him up and not understanding what his skill set means or is going to look like in your uniform, put in the work. You know what I'm saying? Always at the end of the day, put in the work. Cause if you don't put in the work, you can't, it's, it's, it's one of those, um, you can't complain about the result if you didn't do the work to get there. Very good point. Very, very good point. And my last question to you is what is your advice about, or two, I should say the upcoming coaches and the, the upcoming rookies that will be joining the, the majors. Okay. For the rookies, um, don't be stubborn. Be receptive. Ask questions. That's perfectly fine. That is within your right. So you can have a better understanding of why uh, coaches, owners, uh, GMs, person, you know, the directors or player personnel and whatnot, why they go the directions they go, why they're asking you to do certain things. Ask questions. Because so that way you have a better understanding as to not only what they're asking you to do. So now in turn, when it's your turn, you'll know like, okay, this is what my GM told me to do because X, Y, Z, one, two, three, right? That's for the players. Um, uh, the, the reason why I say that is because in the, SFL, in the minors, a lot of players are playing some awesome positions and they're playing awesome ball with the results and whatnot, but not all of you will be able to play the position you're, that you're currently locked in in SFLM in the pros. So you, you, you will need to weigh whether or not you want to make the pros as a wide receiver, right? If you're gung-ho about it, then you might have to wait your turn until there's opening somewhere for you to get there. Or if you just want to make the pros, period, you know, no matter the cost where you might have been a, a receiver there and they ask you to play running back or you might have to play cornerback. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, keep an open mind in that area there um, for players. Um, as for, scat, you know, 
uh, hopeful coaches, um, understand what you see. And, and this is where having the experience in all pro helps. Uh, I'm to the point now when I'm breaking down, um, when I'm scouting games, I don't have need to have the game on to know what I see. You know what I'm saying? So if I, if they're, if they're in strong eye pro and they run a 50 Z post corner, I don't need to go back to turn on the Xbox, fire up the all pro go to, okay. And try to, you know what I'm saying? So get familiar with, uh, you know, concepts. So if the other team comes out and, you know, four defensive linemen, two linebackers understand that they're playing nickel in some sort and then watch with how the DBs are aligned pre-snap and then pay attention to post-snap how they rotate if they drop back if it's man if it's zone if it's a blitz what you know what i'm saying if the linebackers are are pausing and they're rushing in it might have been man and because um their you know their assignment is blocking they've they've turned the man to a dog so they're, they're they're running in or maybe it's a delayed blitz or you know what i'm saying like little things like that um make yourself familiar with the little things, because it, it, the quicker you are scouting, the faster you could turn around that scouting into actual practice time where you can test. Remember, we got to test now. Test the concepts you believe will be successful for that upcoming game. Awesome advice, man. And I'll tell you what, especially with the rookies, and some of them can be a little strong-minded in, in the sense of, hey, I don't want to play because I'm not getting picked up at my position. But, hey. When I started, I was a wide receiver. I played wide receiver during our um, our rookie showcase. I had a touchdown and everything, but now I'm a quarterback. So if you want to play, maybe the best decision you've ever made. You know what I mean? So just definitely take Mighty's advice on that. You know, just try to keep an open mind. But Mighty, thank you so much, man, for being on the show. I really appreciate you every time you come. Of course, you have a spot here whenever you want it. Just let me know. But before I let you go, got to do it to you. I have to let you have the last word. So that can be a song, that can be a poem, or that can be just a simple shout out to whomever you like. Right now, the floor is yours. Uh, do you want me, do you want to hear me sing? I might, yeah. I might break, yeah. I might break, I might break my phone singing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just that you don't want that. Oh no. You got me singing Black Street out here nowhere the, the weekend. <laughs> what is, no, that ain't going to work. <laughs> um, so uh, big ups to Cam because the SFL is his baby, and without his baby, I don't know you, <laughs> right? And you don't know me, right? So big ups to Cam first and foremost. Big ups to Rasty. That's my dude. I bother him all the time. Sometimes he can't stand me. That's okay. I love you, regardless. Um, you know what I'm saying? And and big ups to the broadcast crew and everyone that behind the scenes that make that that make the magic possible. You know what I'm saying? Like it takes a lot for the games that we watched transpire the way they transpire to happen. So I want to lift those people up, let them know that, yeah, you might not get the recognition um, you deserve all the time, but I'll let you know as a man that that has been behind the scenes as a cameraman and having to do post-production and all that, I let you know, we, we, they might not appreciate, I appreciate everything you've done and continue to do for this league to be successful and prosperous and keep it going because these playoffs are going to get, if they thought the, if they thought this past weekend was crazy, this next weekend, oh boy, they have no idea. Hashtag, what'd you, what'd you say? 
<laughs> it was the drama is real. That's the drama is real. Okay, <laughs> that's probably gonna be the name of this this entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much for coming out. I appreciate you. No problem, Major. You know I got you. All right, have a good one. Thank you all so much for joining me. It was a pleasure to bring you this episode. It's actually a pleasure to bring you every podcast that I do. Um, special shout out thanks, uh, well, special thanks, I should say, goes out to Charles and uh, Max and Wally for being on the show, giving us your takes as owners and as players. You know, your tenure in the league is 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 well respected and I thank you for all that you've done. If you want to be on the show, please don't hesitate to ask. Just DM me. We can work things out. And I'm looking forward to bringing you another great podcast next week. But until then, y'all, stay safe. Treat each other well. Striker out. <laughs>